Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is the Steel Curtain Network. Dave Schofield coming at you again Thursday morning. Here we go. Almost halfway through April. We are definitely halfway through the month to the NFL draft. Ooh, two weeks away. Two weeks away. Got to love it. Uh, it's it's upon us. And as I talked about on Tuesday night with my brother on the Scoborough show, kind of in no man's land right now with, with things. You know, the Steelers... They're they're making a, a small move here or there. Players that are depth pieces, maybe guys that you know they got to make the roster first. Some of those kind of things, but that's because the Steelers have shored up their roster, especially their starting roster, very well ahead of the draft. So now it's just about going into the draft, getting better to where you you know it's nice if it helps in 2023, but it's really supposed to help beyond. That's the biggest thing with the Steelers with the draft. So if none of the players that they draft see the field right away, not going to be surprised. If none of them start contributing until partway through the season, I'm just happy they contribute at all. And I just want the Steelers to upgrade positions where they could use the upgrade. And I'm always under the impression that you could always upgrade anything. Nothing should be off the table with being upgraded. I talked about that last week when it came to to Dan Moore Jr. If you didn't check out that episode, that was an interesting one. Go back and check that one out. 
But the the reason that I say everything could be upgraded, it's just, is there really a capable way of doing it? I mean, do you really think the Steelers are going to upgrade TJ Watts? That's not really something that happens right now. So it's not that any player should be safe from upgrade. Just some of them, many of them are good enough that you're not going to upgrade. You're not because that's just where they are. So I'm wanting to see who the Steelers upgrade, how they do it, and all that other stuff. But until we get there, I've got questions that I'm going to answer for you all this week. Uh, In the second half, I'm going to do one that I've (laughs) been ready to do. It seems now for two weeks. Two weeks ago, I I started to read it by mistake uh, because I I had gotten it ready. Had it ready again last week. Didn't have time for it. This week, we will definitely get to it in the second half. But we're going to start off with a different question the first half because we're going to be talking about can quarterbacks win championships on their rookie deals? I've kind of talked about this before. I think it might have been in an article. I can't remember if I did it on a stat geek or not. But this is a topic that I've talked about. I talked about going up to the Super Bowl. Um, when you look at the quarterbacks and whether they're on their rookie deals and de- things of that nature. Um, so this is the question. It came from John Myers, which is J.K. Myers, 91. Um, I've, I've answered another one of his questions before and says, got another thought. I hear on lots of podcasts that we need to spend and build around Kenny while he's cheap, which sounds good, but do guys usually win Super Bowls on their rookie deals? Maybe cap hit percentage on Super Bowl winning teams or QB experience. Um, if they do win early, do they win often? Well, early versus often is a whole different story because if you look at it, then the, the number of quote unquote active quarterbacks that have won multiple Super Bowls right now is very lonely because it's just Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady retired, Ben Roethlisberger retired, Eli Manning left, you know, retired several years ago, Peyton Manning a long time ago. There are not many names of quarterbacks that have won multiple championships. There just aren't. I mean, my goodness, other than Tom Brady, you've got to go way back, way back. I mean, oh, sorry. I said other, I already mentioned Patrick Mahomes because he's the only active one. You got Patrick Mahomes. You got Tom Brady. You've got to go back before 2010 before you get into more of quarterbacks winning multiple Super Bowls. Because, you know, Peyton Manning won one in 2015, but his other one was in 2006. Ben Roethlisberger, 2005-2008. Eli Manning's two Super Bowls were 2011 and 2007. That's what you've got there. You, I mean, John Elway went back-to-back Super Bowls in the 90s. My goodness, we're talking 25 years ago. Oh, that makes me so sad to think that because that's when I was in college. But you don't have, you know, when you add in the often, the, the only one's Tom Brady. Tom Brady's won a bunch of Super Bowls. Other than that, nobody's won more than two, and that list is short. And when you cut it down to active players, it's one player in Patrick Mahomes. So – to me, the often is a whole different story because, you know, Steelers fans are kind of spoiled because their quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls have won multiple Super Bowls. That's just kind of, you know, how, how it's been for them. So, I mean, even, even Peyton Manning, he won two Super Bowls, not with the same team, not with the same team. So th- these are things to remember. So what I did was I decided to go back and let's, rather than focus on the often, I'm going to focus on the early, you know, 
you know, do, do they win early or do they win often? So I'm going to talk about early, but I'm going to talk about all quarterbacks because the other thing I want to talk about is he said about percentage. He asked about, you know, maybe cap hit percentage on Super Bowl winning teams. I'm, I'm going to expand that a little bit. I'm going to do, I'm going to do cap hit percentage on quarterbacks appearing in the Super Bowl. And I think you're going to find something interesting. This may have been something that, like I said, I've discussed here before. I'm going to take it a little bit different and a little bit further. So let's look at this and look at these at the quarterbacks that have appeared in the Super Bowl. I'm going to go all the way back to 2011. You're probably like, well, Dave, why don't you just go one more to go to 2010 and throw in Ben Roethlisberger? There's a problem. 2010 was an uncapped year. So I can't tell you the percentage of of the salary cap because there wasn't one, if you remember that. Oh, yeah, 2010, uncapped year, new CBA. See, that's the other thing. You start with 2011. Now, you have carryover because you have these rookies that were drafted before 2011. You know, me not rookie, me players on rookie deals. Sorry, I need to make sure I, I clarify there. Players on rookie deals that were signed before 2011. 2011 changed everything. 2011 changed everything. That new collective bargaining agreement after the player lockout, it did something that I felt was needed. I think a lot of people felt was needed. My goodness, Jeff Hartman asked me this question. I couldn't remember the last name to save my life. I don't remember his first name. Sam Bradford was the last quarterback to really cash in with a huge contract without playing an NFL snap. Because after that, there was too many teams dishing out crazy money for players at the top of the draft. They implemented the rookie the, the rookie pay scale. Everyone's on a four-year deal. Fifth-year option. That started then. All these things that are now commonplace, and they're, they were good things, in my opinion. These, these were good things, but it's really created something different in, in, in the way you have to approach things. Think about this. This has all been since the last time the Steelers were in a Super Bowl. The last time the Steelers were in a Super Bowl was under uh, a collective bargaining agreement that didn't even have a rookie wage scale. So the league is so different. It's so different now. And the, the, the rules and the ways that, not the rules, but the best way to assemble a team that, that would, could make a Super Bowl run or can, or make multiple Super Bowl runs is different because of all this. There is such a huge discrepancy between players on rookie deals and players not on rookie deals. Huge discrepancy. And it changes everything. And the quarterback position is the key. So it's a great place to start. Let's look at it. 2022, your Super Bowl matchup was winner was Patrick Mahomes, loser was Jalen Hurts, meaning lost the game. None of these guys. Don't Please don't take it that way. Um, I, I think you all uh, know what I mean there. Patrick Mahomes, ever since 2011, has the highest percentage of his team's salary cap during that season of any Super Bowl winning quarterback. Any. By a lot. By a lot. He was 17% of the team's salary cap. 17% went to the quarterback right there. I'll be honest with you. The next closest was a tie, same person. Oh, I wonder who that same person was. Was 12.2% of anyone that's won the Super Bowl. That was an outlier. But you were going to get an outlier in 2022 because you had Mahomes with the huge contract versus Jalen Hurts, 
7%. You're talking about a player on their rookie deal and wasn't drafted in the first round. Very small contract. That was, And that was why the Eagles were kind of primed to make that run. As you know, they've lost a lot of players and everything. That was kind of their thing. They were set up for that because they had that with their with their quarterback. And that's why I was, you know, I was pulling for the Eagles because I felt they were a better roster, that it wasn't just about the big superstar quarterback, a couple other superstars. And that was, and, and then that was it. So the fact that the chiefs were able to balance that and win that game um, that I, I feel that the Eagles had a much more balanced roster up and down the board. I thought they were the top roster in the NFL and it almost got them the championship. Um, but we're not going to, you know, it all comes down to one game. Anything can happen in one game. So that was huge discrepancy. Obviously, the most discrepancy between any two of the quarterbacks. But you're either going to have a, have a record low, well, almost a record low, or a record high, because you'll see what the other one is. So here we go. So Mahomes, Hurts, 2021. Stafford, 10.7%. Joe Burrow, rookie deal, 4.2%. 2020 winner, Tom Brady, 12.2%. Patrick Mahomes, rookie deal, 2.4%. 2019, Patrick Mahomes was 2.4% that year as well, rookie deal, against Jimmy Garoppolo at 8.6%. That was one of the lower matchups when you combine them, one of the lower matchups. because you know. And then in 2018, Tom Brady, once again, 12.2%. The, the, the two Tom Brady teams, uh, the two most recent, 2018-2020, those are the next closest to Mahomes. And 12.2% of the salary cap is not huge for someone like Tom Brady. And he, he went up against Jared Goff on his rookie deal, 4.2% of the cap. 2017 is kind of a, a strange case because you've got Nick Foles, who was 0.9% of the, of, the, of the salary cap. But he was the backup. You have to remember, he started the Super Bowl. They went to the playoffs. But he really was the backup. And the only reason I say this is because salary-wise, he was the backup because Carson Wentz would have been on his rookie deal 3.4%. So that just kind of is one of those things. Up against Tom Brady, 8.3%. Okay? Tom Brady didn't go over 10% of the team's salary cap until 2018. 2016. Well, wait a second. Not, not completely because he did earlier. There was a stretch in there where he wasn't. Like 2016, Tom Brady, 8.6% against Matt Ryan, 15%. That's an interesting one in 2016. I'm going to stop here for a second because I want to point this out. If you go back and look at it, and with the one exception of where it was the backup quarterback playing in the Super Bowl instead of the player on the rookie deal, the last time two veteran quarterbacks started in the Super Bowl against each other was 2016. 2016, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan. Ever since then, at least one participant in the Super Bowl was on their rookie deal. At least one. All right, so let's keep going and then I'll, so I can come back and sum this up a little bit more. Um, the next one was similar, almost uh, two veteran quarterbacks. It depends on how, how, how you fall with this. Peyton Manning, um, 11.7%. Cam Newton, 8.7%. And the, and I, he's a special case as well. That was Cam Newton's fifth year in the league. He would have been playing on his fifth year option. The Panthers picked up his fifth year option. His fifth year option would have been a higher percentage of the salary cap 
than what he ended up being. It would have been 9.8%, but Cam Newton instead was 8.7% because he signed an extension and that was that typical low year to start out. So he was kind of on the cusp. It would have been his rookie deal if they wouldn't have extended him before he got to the end of it. So he's kind of a, maybe you could call that two veteran, two, two veteran quarterbacks. The year before is, is interesting because this is where you had the lowest percentage of a winner. 20, nope, I skipped a year. Start, so, sorry, that's the next year. 2014, this is a different story. Tom Brady won, won 20.6%, losing quarterback Russell Wilson, 0.6%. But the year before Russell Wilson was the winning quarterback, he was on a rookie deal, both of these, 0.5%. That's the lowest of any Super Bowl winner uh, in the time I was looking at. And that was over, over Peyton Manning, who was 12.5%. 2012 saw Joe Flacco, who was on the fifth year of his deal, um, with 6.6%. You know, and that's what gave him the big, the big deal, and the Ravens haven't gone back since. Um, and he was up against Colin Kaepernick, who was 1%. 2012 was the only season of all these where it was – two players, both on their rookie contract, playing in the Super Bowl. Because I'm counting Flacco. He was on his fifth year of his deal. Um, it wasn't the same kind of fifth year, five-year five deal because he was drafted before that. But he was in the fifth year of his, of, of his rookie deal, and it was still his rookie deal, and then he got signed. Um, 2011, this was, this was two veterans, um, and that was Eli Manning, 11.7%, and Tom Brady, 11% of the salary cap. Now, to break this down a little bit, like I said, 2010, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, um, there was no cap. I can't tell you the percentage. To break this down, when you look at it, there's a lot of quarterbacks who made it to the Super Bowl in their rookie deals, a lot. You have one year where both quarterbacks were on their rookie deal and only two years where neither of them were. And then you have that maybe a third one, depending on how you want to want to talk about Cam Newton. So it's almost a 50-50 split almost a 50-50 split. You're talking about 24 quarterbacks. And I think, I mean, how many of them were on their, um, there are 24 appearances by quarterbacks. There aren't 24 different people. But if you look at it, um, the ones that made it on the rookie deals, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. That's if you're counting Cam Newton. So 11 out of the 24 versus 13. That's, that's, if not, it's 10 to 14. So you're talking about getting to the Super Bowl on that rookie deal. That's very beneficial. That's very beneficial because of taking up less percentage of the salary cap. Look, look at it. Case in point, Russell Wilson, 0.5% in 2013, 0.6% in 2014. Since he's gotten paid, hasn't been back. It's too hard to build the roster around him on when he's not on his rookie deal, but he was in his rookie deal when he, when he appeared. Um, Patrick Mahomes been there three times, twice was on his rookie deal, you know, and part of the reason you could say that they were able to win it this past year is because of the experience he gained during that time. I don't know, but that's just, that just makes it some, makes it very interesting. Now, one last thing to look at, for example, the last three years, there's been a veteran versus a player on a rookie deal. And over the last three years in the Super Bowl, the veterans were 3-0. The year before, it was the rookie. So over the veteran. 
So, but then the year before it was once again, the veteran over the rookie deal. Not remember, not rookie year, rookie deal. So that's how I'm, when I say rookie in this podcast, I mean rookie deal. So right there, they're four and one going back to 2018. Keep going further. They're, they're four and two. They're five and two, six and two, six and three. And that's of the matchups where there's one versus the other. So if you've got a veteran quarterback versus a quarterback on a rookie deal in the Super Bowl, the veteran wins it two out of three times. But I tell you, having a rookie quarterback, getting, you know, rookie contract quarterback and getting to the Super Bowl, if you're saying, oh, you got a one in three chance to win it with a with a quarterback on a rookie deal. I mean, that's not bad. That's not bad when you think about it. Real quick before we take our break. I wanted to, to compare these percentages back to Ben Roethlisberger. Back to Ben Roethlisberger. In the two years that the Steelers won the Super Bowl, Ben Roethlisberger in 2005, he was 4.9% of the Steelers' salary cap. That He was still on his rookie deal. Now, remember, these were rookie deals that was before the rookie wage scale. And in 2008, he was 6.9% of the salary cap. But that was because that was the first year of his extension. So it was one of those, quote, unquote, cheaper years. So if you really look at it, Ben Roethlisberger is really only won Super Bowls when he was in this rookie rookie deal or the first year after he signed an extension of what would have been his rookie deal. That's very similar to like a Russell Wilson. Once the Steelers were playing, paying Roethlisberger the big money, I mean, think about it. Ben Roethlisberger, let's just look at his salary cap number real quick um, through his career. Now, remember, the cap has gone up and gone up and gone up, except for, except for 2021. Um, he was, he was 1.5 million about, these are approximate. I'm not going to give you the exact number. About 1.5 million in 2004, about 4.2 million in 2005. 4.5 in 2006, 3.1 in 2007, and 2008, 7.9 on the salary cap before, you know, that was the last time the Steelers won the Super Bowl. Then you're talking about uh, he was 13 million in 2009, down to 10 million in 2010, but that was also an uncapped year. Then he was over 11 million. The, the only other one that's really low in there was 2012. Um, because I'm pretty sure, yeah, I don't think it was because he, he he restructured. I think that one, if I recall, that was that one where I'd have to go back and see for sure. Um, wait, so I said 2012. No, that must have been a restructure because he didn't sign another contract until between 2008 and 2015. So that must have been a pretty decent restructure there because he didn't have a large base base contract but then they started kicking the can down the road 13.5 8.8 that was 2014 17.2 23.9 18.2 23.2 26.2 23.7 25.9 once you got up into those big numbers everyone wants to talk about the killer b era oh they didn't win in that era oh my they had all those players but you know what they sucked up so much of the salary cap they still didn't have a good defense you know, so it, it really is. If you want to know if it's possible to win with a rookie quarterback, not only is it possible, it's really often your best chance to build the strongest roster that you can. Because once you have to start paying that quarterback, it's tough to fill it out as deep as 
some teams like the Philadelphia Eagles were able to do this year. So that answers that question. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, we're going to look at the Steelers inside linebackers in coverage based on the numbers with the last couple of years for the Steelers and the last couple of years for the players that the Steelers just added this offseason. So stick around. We'll be right back. When my phone rings, you found someone new. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, let's get rolling on. Let's get into the second half of this Steelers Stat Geek podcast. I will tell you this. I'm going to read this question, although I started to read it a couple weeks ago. This is from 20th Century Icon. It's at Dave90125. Said, a lot of people are saying Roberts and Holcomb are bad in coverage, but I'm interested to know if the stats bear that out, especially compared to last year's trio of ILBs and particularly against tight ends. Thanks, Dave. Now I'm going to tell you this. The only way I can do it particularly against tight ends would be to actually go in and break down the film and who they were matched up against. I don't have a way that I'm aware of to filter that information to what the position was that the player was guarding. Also, is it a tight end that's lined up out in the slot? Is it a tight end that's lined up on the line of, you know, tight on the line of scrimmage? Are they lined up as an H-back? That could change a whole bunch of different things. That's a little bit tougher to get into, but I can just give you the pure numbers when it comes to the coverage. So let's dive into this. Let's let's look at the Steelers for the last two years. And I'm going to look at three linebackers each year because they're the three main ones. And those three linebackers are, and, and I did it by year. Um, so I thought I did it by year. Um, yeah, there they are. So we've got in 2022, you got Robert Spillane, Miles Jack, and Devin Bush. So looking at that, they all gave up a completion percentage of over 70%. The best one, believe it or not, was Devin Bush at 73.7. Miles Jack was at 76.4. And Robert Spillane was 83.7. Um, Spillane was, was – um, no, it wasn't Spillane. Miles Jack was targeted the most 55 times, 42 completions on 55 targets. Uh, then it was Spillane. 
um, targeted 43 times with 36 completions. Then Devin Bush targeted 38 times with 28 completions. When you look at I mean, the yards, Spillane um, had 359, Jack had 390, and Bush had 318. So between them, they gave up over 1,000 yards between the three of them with, with all that stuff. Um, you can look at yards per completion. How about yards per target? Um, Devin Bush was the most with 8.4, then Spillane with 8.3, Miles Jack 7.1. Um, they all gave up at least one touchdown. Um, according to Pro Football Reference, Robert Splane surrendered one, one receiving touchdown, Devin Bush surrendered one, and Miles Jack surrendered two. Then if you look at the quarterback rating when these players were targeted, they were all over 107. Devin Bush was 107.1, Miles Jack was 107.4, and Robert Splane was, was 109.2. So that's what I'm going to go with with those numbers. If you look at the year before, the Steelers had done better. Um, they were better in coverage. Uh, they gave up less touchdowns. They only gave up three versus four. Um, they were targeted um, pretty close. Spillane was way much was much further down the list. He gave up the few the the lowest completion percentage of sixty six point seven. He gave up sixteen completions on twenty four targets. But Joe Sherbert was targeted twice as many times as Spillane. He gave up thirty four. Uh, completions on 48 targets, with and he was a 70.8% completion rate where Devin Bush was 70.2 because it was 33 completions on 47 targets. One less completion or one less target. That was the difference between Bush and Schobert in 2021. Uh, Bush gave up two receiving touchdowns. Schobert gave up one. Spillane didn't have any, but like I said, he was much fewer. If you look at yards per target, they were all lower. Sherbert gave up the most at 7.4. Remember, Jack gave up the least with 7.1 this past year. And both Bush and Spillane were 6.7. And when it came to the um, quarterback rating when they were targeted, I said how all the other ones were 107 or over. The highest one in 2021 was Devin Bush, and that was 102.8. And then Joe Sherbert was 90, and Robert Spillane was 85.6. So those are some of the numbers for the Steelers for the last two years. And I want to end and went both years. So it looks like, according to this, according to those numbers, it seems like the Steelers were not as good against the pass um, with the inside linebackers as last year as what they were the year before. Now let's look at the players the Steelers have added. Let's start with Cole Holcomb. Okay, if you start with Cole Holcomb, well, the first thing I want to say is he had is is, is twenty twenty two. He only appeared in seven games. And the other problem with him appearing in seven games, he was playing injured until he just couldn't do it anymore, is the report. Uh, so that's my understanding. But in his seven games, he was targeted 22 times, 16 completions, 72.7% completion percentage, 172 yards, um, and it was 7.8 yards per target. Now, that's 7.8 yards per target. That's that's less than both Spillane and Bush last year. Um if you just look strictly at last year, um, the his rate he gave up two touchdowns last year, and his rating against was one hundred and twenty five point six. That's the worst out of anything that we saw from the Steelers over the last two years. But as I was saying, he was playing possibly injured, so it was it might have been a little bit easier to target him. So let's look at twenty twenty one to see what those numbers show. Well, he was targeted way 
more than any linebacker on the Steelers was over the last two seasons. Because the most targets over the last two seasons in a season last year was it was last year with Miles Jack with 55. In 2021, Cole Holcomb saw 81 targets. 60 completions, 81 targets, 74.1% completion percentage, 579, sorry, yes, 579 yards. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of yards. But that's only a 7.1 yard per target. So that's because he was targeted more because he was on the field a lot. Um, So which is what Miles Jack was last year with the lowest one. The other thing with Cole Holcomb, he gave up a quarterback rating that year of 2021 of of 95.7. He was credited with three touchdowns surrendered. But like I said, he was targeted and uh, so much more than anyone else. But he had two interceptions. So that that's kind of a bit of a trade-off. So I'm not saying that he's an upgrade over the best that the Steelers had. It depends on are you getting 2021 Cole Holcomb? Are you getting 2022? Might have been a half step slower uh, Cole Holcomb. That's going to be the big question. Now let's look at Alandon Roberts. Alandon Roberts in 2022, 17 games, 17 starts. That's a lot. He doesn't have quite the targets that someone like Holcomb would have for playing that many games. He had 35 targets. 35 targets in 17 games. So that's less than any one of Spillane, Jack, or Bush because the lowest was Bush with 38. He had 35. Um, and like I said, started started more games. So 35 targets, 28 completions, 80% completion rate, 304 yards. That's 8.7 yards per target, gave up two touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 121.9. So if you look at last year's stats, not better than what the Steelers have in coverage. Not at all. Not at all. So I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I just don't know that that's what he's going to be asked to do this year with the Steelers. But if you look at 2021 with him in Miami, he had 17 games, 15 starts. He had an interception. He was only targeted 21 times in 2021. That tells me they were getting him off the field in passing situations, most likely. Um, 13 uh, completions on 21 targets. That's only a 61.9% completion percentage, 128 yards, 6.1 yards per target, 6.1 yards per target. That's lower than anyone for uh, the main three for the Steelers over the last two seasons. So he did, no, he did surrender two touchdowns again that season. But his quarterback rating against the passing game was 90.1. He seems like he's very back and forth, if you look at this. Going back to 2018 when they started doing the the advanced stats for pro football reference, I'm going to give you the quarterback rating against him. 99.7, 95.8, 135.5, 91, 121.9. So it's up and down with these various things. So my thing is, does it, the, are, did the Steelers get better in coverage from their inside linebackers with what they have now versus what they had last year? I'm going to say, I don't know that they did. Uh, probably no. Um, but did they get that much worse? I don't know if that's the case either. Like I said, I don't know that Landon Roberts is going to be on the field a lot on passing downs, but right now that's, that's really all the Steelers have. Other than Mark Robinson, 
when you've got Tay Crowder, who was on the roster the last couple weeks of the season last year, but wasn't active, you know, I don't know if they really have him in, in their plans, if he's going to make the team or not, but that's all they really have right now. So the question is, what are they doing as part of that inside linebacker? Is it going to be a three-man crew? Are they going to stick with two guys and maybe only have one linebacker on the field a lot of the times? Um, you know, just just going with two rather than the three-man thing that we've seen from the Steelers the last couple of years. I don't know. But if Mark, let's say Mark Robinson's the third guy, he's definitely a guy you're not going to want out on the field when it's a passing situation. So it might be a Landon Roberts. I don't know how they're going to handle that. So I would say based on the numbers, not better, not better. But I don't know if it's tragically worse either. So that's part of the fun of watching Steelers games to see how it all pans out. So those are those two questions. If you have a question, please, I'm ready for them. I need some more questions. At STLR Superfandad on Twitter. You can hit me up there. Or STLR Superfandad at gmail.com. You can ask me there in email. Always looking for good stats questions because even though the draft's already, you know, almost here, two weeks from today, can't wait, that there's still um, stats to cover. I still got other things I got to do between now and the draft. So we'll see how that goes. Whew. So make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts um, here at Steel Curtain Network. You've got three a day coming at you during the week and two a day over the weekends. Um, so there's something for everybody. Make sure you check that out. Um, if you didn't check last night's um, curtain call with Jeffrey and Shannon, make sure you do that. At, coming up after me, you got the what Ian's talking about. Great dynamic between those two guys. Um, and sometimes it's just funny just, just to hear – some of the times I see I, what people say on Twitter and you just think Herm Edwards' voice is just in the back of my head. Don't press send. Don't press send. Don't press send. I'm like, they actually articulated that to press send. So it's always um, um, entertaining there. And, of course, later tonight you'll get myself, Brian Anthony Davis, and Jeff Hartman for the Steelers preview as we preview whatever's going on. So with that, I want to thank you. For joining me, as I always say, thanks for geeking out. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.